What's up, stoners? Welcome back to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with my friend, Raina Hildebrand. Raina has bud tended for several unlicensed dispensaries, and she just brings a different perspective to the conversation, just transitioning essentially from trap shops into the legal market and how that went for her in the end. In the end, well, I'll tell you this much. She finds true love. So you have that to look forward to. And yeah, Raina's just a cool chick. She's currently working as a medical assistant for a plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. Okay. Which is awesome because she is someone in the medical field who's truly passionate about cannabis and is looking to bridge the gap between those two worlds. So it's really a pleasure to catch up with her. I hope you guys enjoy it. Now, you know, if there is something going on in the planets, I feel like I should also provide that information to whomever's interested. If you're not, you know where the skip 15 seconds is. But we do have a new moon happening this Sunday. It's a new moon in Aries. Think passion. Think fire. New beginnings. Fresh starts. Everything that you have been bottling up, let that fiery energy come through and just go for it. Fuck me. I'll shut up now. Say hi, my babies. I told myself I could smoke this blunt. you kind of have like a theme sort of like you guys do develop like organic conversation somewhere in there but I feel like it always starts with something yes so (laughs) there there's a slight method to the madness which is basically getting to know like your history with cannabis whether you want to share like your first perception of it we found that a lot of people who are in the industry today might have had a really negative perception of the plant, which is always interesting to see that development. Was that the case for you? Did you have any opinion of weed before you tried it? And then when did you actually try it? So I'm kind of a late bloomer. I didn't start smoking weed until I was like 23, 24 years old. And I'm 31 now. So I feel like for me, that's late comparison to some people. Depends on who you are, where you came from. So I was really a late bloomer. I did have a negative connotation of cannabis at first because where I'm from in Albany, even though it is a well-known city, it's pretty small, not very culturally diverse. There's always a negative connotation in areas like that of cannabis. So yeah, naturally I did. I would always be around it. That's the thing. There would be weed and I would be around it and it would pass me. I'm not somebody that would be like, oh, feel easily pressured to do anything. I was totally comfortable, never felt uncomfortable. And then one day I was just like, you know what? Give me that. And that was it. I have smoked every day since then. There's not been one day I haven't smoked. Not one. So how many years would that be? 
Ten. <laughs> Ten. She just ashed on my couch while <laughs> while, counting. while counting. That's why there was that. <laughs> I legit. Well, she legit. That was really sweet. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> she, yes, you got good. it. We are smoking garlic cookies. Mm-hmm. Yes, you like garlic cookies. You said I do. I prefer strains that are like. This is gonna sound so weird, but it's the best description that I can. Meaty. Like a meaty smell. It's like funky, stinky. You don't want to turn away, but you do, but you can't. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so good. You're like, oh. This indescribable uh, attraction that occurs. It's, It's always good too when the ash is so compact. Like the fact that I was able to pick up the ash just now because it's so compact. It was nice and white. It's it's fresh. You can tell and clean. Fresh, clean flour from Northern California. They also use full flour to make the pre-rolls. It's no trim, no none of that bullshit. Um, We love Stone Road, and they have some really incredible hash-infused ones. Speaking of all this wonderful weed, so you try it, you love it, you never stop smoking it. You're in New York, so now we're operating in a different landscape of like how to get your weed, uh, where you're smoking. <laughs> what was your experience being a cannabis consumer in a state like that? You know, I tell these stories to people sometimes in random conversation and they don't believe it because if unless you're from a no tolerance state, you don't know what it's like to deal with stuff like that. So New York, obviously now, congratulations, claps, snaps around, like, you know, consumption, all that is legal. The smell is no longer probable cause. All of those people will hopefully be expunged and exonerated. So it's amazing. But if we were talking even last year, the year before, very serious circumstances. They make combs to comb the carpets in your car, to comb the weed. If there was any residue found, they would charge you. Even if you hadn't smoked in days, if they found any type of roach, clip, ash, a smell, anything, New York, they will grab you for sure. So that was really frustrating. Also, the fact that you could only get weed from your local high schooler neighbor <laughs> down the street was also a problem. Right, because at this point you're an adult. Mm-hmm. So you're an adult trying to buy weed from like a 16 year old. Like, what do you got? What yeah. do you got? They're like, oh, I got this fire. And I'm like, I'm talking to my brother right now. Like, what is going on? There's Your dad can't sell this to me? Like, <laughs> You're like, I'd feel way more comfortable buying this from your dad right now. It is a blessing to be to be out here, and it is really exciting to see New York pass this legislation, which is pretty progressive. So how do you go from Albany to L.A.? What brought you out here? A lot of different reasons actually brought me out to L.A. I went through a really tough period in life, and I wanted to change. I wasn't new to moving. I have moved before at one point moving from New York after I graduated high school, I moved down to my mom's in Florida. So I'm familiar with moving. Moving across country obviously is a way bigger leap of faith. But I really came out here for multiple reasons. One, cannabis, 100%. Anybody that knows me would know cannabis was a huge fuel for me to come to California. Just to be more of who I am, more an accepting environment, a more culturally diverse environment. And I wanted to put myself in the cannabis industry. I knew I wanted to be a part of it in some kind of way. 
And then the other part of it was I'm definitely very big in the medical field. So I moved out here for school to pursue plastic surgery, which is what I'm doing. So, and I want to fuse them together. That's my hope and my dream. Plastic surgery and cannabis. How? How would you bridge that? So a lot of people are always like, how? How do you fuse that together? Ideally, in the grand scheme of things, the goal would be to create my own skincare line using cannabis. So whether that means I grow my own hemp in that realm and then really do studies on how because there's unfortunately there's a lot of brands out there for CBD mm. even for skincare and how the two mesh but i don't see enough studies i don't see enough before and after photos that's what people really like to see because we want to know that it's effective so i want to do those studies to show what CBD is actually doing for the skin and even deeper than skin well when you put it that way that makes a lot of sense yeah <laughs> i get it there's definitely a lot of misleading products out there, especially within beauty and skincare. Uh, A lot of people just hopping on that buzzword of like CBD and hemp and then come to realize it's hemp seed oil. And the easiest way of explaining why that's problematic is because you 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 need the fruit. Like you need to wait for the bud. You need for these profiles to develop the same way you would wait for an orange to grow or an apple before you picked it. It's not the same to then, yeah, just pull uh, substance from the apple seed right. or the orange seed. So it, it's, it applies the same to hemp. So I guess if we could say and touch on anything that you could take away from this is don't buy hemp seed products. That's not going to bring the the results that you're looking for. You want to get to the root of your problem as far as your skin. Like, what is your desired result? Because if you're just buying something because you're like, oh, it's CBD or hemp and I know it's good for me, but is it really going to work for you? Because what works for you doesn't work for me and vice versa. Some people prefer tequila. I prefer coffee, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, something like a hemp seed oil, it's like, okay, but is your skin really oily already? Is your skin really dry? Is that oil going to benefit you or maybe make the problem worse Mm -hmm. so education is everything especially with cannabis dude education is really everything i'm curious to know why you personally consume cannabis multiple reasons and i think the most important reason is to help me relax i'm a very type a person very stressed i never knew how to deal with it as a kid so a lot like in my earlier years as far as my early 20s late 20s i drank a lot but once I switched to cannabis, I stopped drinking completely because I knew in that moment, this is all that I needed. It helped with the stress relief, anxiety relief, helps with appetite because that was a big struggle for me. Putting on weight, being at a healthy weight and maintaining that weight. Also, it makes me the best version of myself. You know, I'm to- not that I'm not already totally real and honest, but I feel like I'm just even more myself. And without it, I don't want to experience life. I don't want to do anything not high. That's just (laughs) how I prefer it. And it has worked for me. And I know it works for a lot of other people in the same way that it works for me, which is why it's such a great community. I love that. It really is the best community. And it is, I agree, just great for my anxiety. When did you start shaving half of your head? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is very easy and simple. 
If you can, close your eyes for just a moment and remember Miley Cyrus on the red carpet back in, I want to say 2010, 2011, she showed up and her hair was completely shaved. One day she had long hair, the next day her head was completely shaved. That same day, I went to the hair salon and started shaving my head. It it started rather slow. You know, it was the typical undercut behind on the back of the nape of the neck, you know, and uh-huh. you would put your hair up and you would see it. It started slow. Okay. Then one day, so one of my best friends, my very best friend, is a hairdresser in New York. Shout out to Cupcake Glitter. Ariel, love you long time. She is the best hairstylist. She was holding up clippers when I walked in one day and she was like, so I saw this video and we didn't turn back. So it's been like six years that I've had my hair like this now. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking badass, dude. So you don't jump into half the head. No. You you ease into it. I yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. And now I don't think I could picture myself without it. Because if you looked at a picture of me with long hair, you'd be like, dude, that is not you. It yeah. does not look like me. Because this is what I am. Mm-hmm. This is who I am, you know? So... I will keep this for a long time if for whatever reason I come into a situation where they're like, oh, you may need to do this, which I don't see why that would ever be a thing or an okay thing for someone to say. But, you know, there are things I would shave my whole head and I would be the new Amber Rose. (laughs) Oh, my God, you're so brave. Uh, So actually, now that you say that. Because I know you work in Beverly Hills right now. Mm-hmm. Is it ever an issue? Do you get looked at funny or what's what's going on over there? So what's really interesting is in Beverly Hills, I don't experience that at all. It's actually Beverly Hills because if you believe it or not, in the area that I work, I work around the Rodeo Drive area. Mm-hmm. It's not like people live in that immediate vicinity. So it's really a mixture of people. Could be tourists, could be people that live there, could not be whatever the situation. So I feel like it's very diverse in that way. What I will say is I have been discriminated against at a job because of my hair before. And I didn't even know what to say. And I asked them to pay me for that day in a check. And I never looked back. I was appalled that it was even a topic of conversation. So it is really wild. Like the funny thing is like it can come across assertive. Yeah. And and you are, you do have a dominant personality. Go Aries. Go Aries, she says. <laughs> oh shit, and it's Aries season. It so is. you are on fire right now. <laughs> but like you really are such a sweet, soft-spoken person. So yeah, it's just uh I was just curious about that. <laughs> Back to cannabis. Um, so you worked for Jungle Boys, but before even getting to them. You worked at a bunch of trap shops, right? Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about that? Your experience bud tending there? So unlicensed dispensaries are like a whole other world. I really developed like what my sense of cannabis was. Because coming from New York, obviously, only smoking recreationally, getting it from whoever I could, mm-hmm. I didn't know much. So I actually learned from road tripping out here so many times before I actually lived out here. And a lot of the cannabis that I consumed was in Colorado. So it was really cool, a really cool introduction, but never working for a dispensary, always thinking about it. And then my first experience being in like the size of somebody's garage or a door that would just open and people wouldn't actually go inside. 
really sketchy places, but it was the norm. So many people, I mean, I used to work with people that would drive from San Bernardino to come work at these trap shops because they don't have the same access that we do over in the LA County to cannabis. So it's like they would drive for the job. So to me, it seems so abnormal to be working in such a sketchy place, but it was normal to everybody else. As far as like the environment, I guess you would just have to be there to understand. (laughs) If you've ever worked at a trap shop and you're listening to this, you already know what I'm saying. I don't even need to go into detail. It's just so different than working at a licensed dispensary. Night and day. Main differences would be you get adequate breaks when you work for a licensed shop because there are legalities that they have to follow. So they give you adequate break. You actually clock in and clock out. You're paid on a paycheck. You know, for a long time, up until very recently, and that's all I'm going to say, I got paid in cash, Mm -hmm. even from some licensed dispensaries that I worked for. So it was like, in a way, some people are like, oh, I don't really see an issue. But when you're trying to be an adult and either get yourself a car or get yourself an apartment, Mm -hmm. how long can you really go with being paid on cash? You know what I mean? At some point, you have to do things the right way. And I think... That's really what made me transition from working in a trap shop. Plus, the work culture is so different in a licensed dispensary than in a trap shop. You know, like, God forbid you were to get sick, you would need to call out. They would fire you. They wouldn't even let you have the day off to be sick. Wow. We're in a licensed dispensary, again, with legalities. Mm -hmm. Necessarily, they can't do that, you know? So, main difference is 100%. It would be that. It's night and day. Night and day. (coughs) Cough break. Yes. <laughs> Get it out. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you transition out. You start working at Los Angeles Farmers for Jungle Boys, really like one of those legacy brands. What was that experience like? Was it an easy switch to the legal market or did you find yourself missing stuff from like the trap shop days? It's interesting because every dispensary has their own type of culture, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, the transition from Trap Life to Jungle Boys was very easy because it wasn't very different. Yeah, and especially then. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't very different. Um, I learned a lot, not only about the cannabis industry because they truly do teach you so much and you learn so much while you're – you want to know. I wish there were more opportunity. You know, I think that's the problem with a lot of dispensaries, not just one in particular, but is there's a cap at some point that a bud tender or anybody inside a dispensary can grow. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's more than that. I wanted a chance to be with the plant. You know, if you don't know me directly, I am a science nerd. Mm -hmm. I love biology. I love learning about things. If you showed me a body part, I could tell you what it is. Like... I love that kind of thing. So for me, it's about the plant. That's what it really is about, the plant itself. So with not having the access to those opportunities, it really can discourage you at some point, you know. But I learned so much there, so, so much. I recently had a meeting with them, and it was really cool because I didn't know what to expect going in, and I had never been to TLC, um, which is their shop downtown as well. 
I walked in and the th- it was three women waiting for me and they it's the three general managers of each of their shops because they now have one in the OC as well. And I was just like, this is so dope because I was expecting more of that like, oh, gee, I don't know, some dudes with beards kind of right. situation. And and it's really just like these fabulous females really special so yeah. shout out to jungle boys and and that yeah. that environment that learning environment <laughs> however as you light this next joint you did get let go from jungle boys for dating a patient sure did what the fuck i have <laughs> i've dated a few patients in my day i'm not opposed i don't i don't we never frowned upon it at the Green Easy. In fact, we encourage. Not- <laughs> I say encourage. Mike's going to be like, no, we didn't. We did not encourage it. But we did encourage it. We all were like always rooting for each other and just wanting each other to get laid. And if that was with a patient and hopefully a cool one, it was like, yeah, we would celebrate it. You had the opposite experience. Yes. So it's not. It's very frowned upon, I will say, at Jungle Boys to interact that way with patients. We weren't allowed to exchange social media handles, phone numbers. Boys from the back were not allowed to be bun tenders. Girls in the front were not allowed to go in the back with the growers. It was very segregated. So somewhere in the agreement of my employment, it says that you are not allowed to date specifically patients. So... I mean, the real love story is that me and him are still together to this day. It's going to be two years in May. So the joke's on them. (laughs) So thank you for putting us together. (laughs) It was totally meant to be. Um, The first time anyone ate my butt, it was actually a patient. That was my experience. (laughs) The first time someone tossed my salad. And I... I ran back to the Green Easy and told everyone. And then he would come in. <laughs> and we all just knew. Oh. So funny. But then he moved back to Alabama. Uh, you know who you are. Anyway. Uh, but 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 also, uh, my ex was a patient. And we dated for a year and a half. We moved in together at one point. He actually helps me a lot with the podcast. Uh, it's funny how these, I don't know, how these interactions happen because you wouldn't expect it, but yeah, everything for a reason. And then I also think about the fact that we did travel across, you you traveled across the country to be able to meet your boo. Isn't that wild? All because of cannabis. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, cannabis really is a web and somehow, I would have never met my boyfriend if I wasn't working at Jungle Boys. You know, and he used to come in a lot every day. Him and his buddies would pull up and they would be there. So, you know, I got to know him before we actually dated on some kind of level. So it was cool. You know, cannabis is just great. Weed is tight. Weed is tight. (laughs) Uh, I love that. I love that. And you guys are still together. That's awesome. Speaking of webs, of cannabis webs, we met at the cafe working there how did you end up at the cafe being that I was let go and didn't have a job for a long time actually I kind of 
like went through this period of time where I didn't have a job for a while and it wasn't because I wasn't looking. I just think I was so frustrated that I wasn't finding the right thing. Mm-hmm. For me, having a job or a career is much more than what that is. Light, work-life balance is extremely important to me and it's not something I really gathered and grasped until I was older. Mm-hmm. You know, like through my younger years, i busted my ass you know three jobs in school and I was exhausted all the time and now I look at it like you know I worked so hard I'm still not exactly what I'd like to be or where I'd like to be but I know I don't want to put myself through all that again so when I found the cafe through Instagram which I think we all can relate by the way the most interesting hiring process I will admit (laughs) (laughs) so um You know, getting that opportunity to do the first ever, okay, which I knew from that alone I wanted to be a part of, the first ever. Because no matter what, we can all say that. We were a part of that. Cannabis, which at first was all we were going to do while we all ended up juggling many, many hats at that place, Mm -hmm. being able to just serve cannabis and being that environment and smoke with people and meet people, it was one for the books. Mm -hmm. That's how you and I met. Yeah. And we connected on the fact that we were both from New York. Mm -hmm. You were here with your cousin, which I thought was so fucking cool because I'm close with my cousin too. Aw, yeah. So... And all of us, in some form or fashion, have stayed in contact. I mean, we have met some of our really good friends through the cafe. It's amazing. You don't do that at every job. You really don't find many people like that at every job. So, And if you're someone like me who you don't find friends easily because there's a lot of things that go into that friendship, I... it's I'm blown away that I have those friends now. It's from a job, you know? It's awesome. It is really amazing. I mean, shout out to Nicole, my cousin, friend of the show, <laughs> former guest. Also, shout out to your good friend, Bree, friend of the show as well. Just like the coolest people. And when it was just the one hat of <laughs> cannabis server, the job was epic. Like you couldn't have asked for like a cooler fucking job in that moment. And then, of course, you know, things transition. I actually remember you and I sitting down with Will. They briefly trained us on, like, toast, like, whatever that POS system is for, like, food. And him going over it and us being like, sure, 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 sure. Do we get our free dinner yet? (laughs) I will say the discount was amazing. That is probably out of, and I've worked in so many different jobs. Server is like something that's in my family. Whether you are a bartender or server, someone in my family has done that. So it's always about the food. And our discount was epic. And there were some really tasty treats on the menu, I will say. So, you know, I mean, all of us, anytime a plate would come to the back, everyone's hands was in that plate. You know, what was COVID then? Nobody knows. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're all convinced that we had it like end of 2019, beginning of 2020. There was a wicked cough just going around and and just the hot spot for like tourism at the time. And everybody's just smoking and passing joints. And yes, we did clean and sterilize like pieces and stuff like that. But like, I mean, it was just people blowing air out. 
everywhere, all over. We must have the antibodies. Starting at 10 a.m., bright and early, all the way until 10 p.m. And then we would smoke ourselves as we counted out. And yeah, it was it was a fun environment. There are things that I miss about it. The money was tight. The money was, yeah. The money, please. Let's not talk about that because it's sad. (laughs) It's sad. I would work three days, maybe four hours five hours six tops if i worked six i was bitching and complaining somebody heard about it (laughs) i know red selma they hated listening to me (laughs) but i would work three or four days and make an entire week's worth of pay Uh absurd thank you to everybody that showed support to the cafe because i would not have been able to a make my paycheck and b survive through covid Uh because of unemployment without the cafe i will say that (laughs) I will agree. Thank you guys so much. We hope that it was a pleasant experience. I know there's a lot that might be like, girl, that was the craziest shit I've ever been to. And we're not lying, but we we get it. But some people out there are definitely like, I had the best time there. And that's really all that matters. (laughs) Do you have a biggest TMI moment from a patient? I feel like there were so many instances because being a bud tender, no matter where you were serving somebody, you really got to know your patients on a really intimate level. You almost at times were probably their therapist. You know what I mean? They enjoy coming to the to the cannabis wherever it is where you were working at the cafe or the because we had a lot of regulars there too or you know whatever shop you worked at, they came to you in confidence. So of course you're going to learn about them. I would say the the most. The most TMI I had, and it's not even, I would say, a TMI moment, but, like, it's a really eye-opening because you really just don't know people mm-hmm. the way that you think you do just by talking to them at your job yeah. with cannabis, but, and where people come from and what they use it for, and and it could be scary at times. You know, you really got to protect yourself and just, you know, you are the professional. You know what you're talking about and feel confident about that. Because I had a patient try to attack me one time. So it's like you have to really just be aware, but know that you are who you are in your role and be confident in that. So I don't really know if that's like a TMI moment per se, but I will say that is like probably the one I'm one of the most interesting things that happened to me we'll say interesting not really a tmi moment but that is beyond interesting that is absolutely crazy and i'm pretty sure you said uh because i know this story it it was with a stapler that he like tried to attack so it was your own because now i'm thinking about it so it was your the shop's own stapler that was on the fucking counter that you use in your day to day and he looked at and said i'm gonna grab this and now what try to bop you over the head <laughs> so this shop if you can imagine okay it's in a strip mall a very small strip mall and it's in a corner being that it is a trap shop you have to visualize it's obviously not going to be well advertised because it can't be so it's in this creepy corner there's a security guard sitting outside there's bars on the windows you have to be buzzed in the door to come inside and then buzzed in again to come into the room with all the weed and it's literally like jewelry cases is what it looks like so glass top you know all of that there's maybe a few flavors on the shelf there's some carts some edibles that's it it's very light we're playing trap music watching music videos 
standard. The standard, yeah. exactly. So imagine, you know, we have to write things by hand to keep track of everything. Yes. So back in the day, you would write down on the ticket what they got and hand it to the person who's checking them out or checking them in. And that's how they would keep track of things throughout the day. We used to also have daily weigh-ins back in the day. Do you, did you guys do those where you would like in the morning weigh it, at night weigh it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never thought I would see the day where I was working some – besides a restaurant, of course. And even restaurant, writing down on a piece of paper, that is optional. Most servers just memorize it because it's easier. You run to the computer and put it in. So I was writing down how these people's orders, what the price, what the total, their name, and their license number – on this piece of paper oh, so shit. much time taken in this transaction to then give this piece of paper to somebody to keep track of the weed somebody new would come in that didn't work there to count the weed twice a day so circling back to the stapler now you can understand the reason for because most of you are probably like why in the fuck is there a stapler on the counter <laughs> like that shouldn't be accessible to anybody which you are correct yeah. However, when you are writing by hand everything, you need a stapler to staple all your pads together. We had pens, highlighters. I mean, it's a trap shop. What do you want? That's the only reason why that item was accessible. And that man thought that that's what he was going to do that day. He did not like our selection of weed. And I, unfortunately, being the person selling the weed, was the wrong end of the stick that day. (laughs) Absolutely disgusting. Like, horrible, horrible. Yeah, that was just the reality of things. I mean, I haven't worked in a shop since COVID, but you just don't hear those stories anymore. Thank God. You know, there's a lot more protection. Just like, I guess, mainstream kind of drowns out uh, some of that violent behavior. You know, I have friends that have been, like, held at gunpoint. It's It was serious shit. I would love to know how cannabis has changed your life for the better. I think the main and most important thing to touch on for cannabis is mental health. Mm -hmm. I think it has really helped that void area for me as opposed to seeking out medications or things like that. You know, I've really tried to center myself when it comes to depression and anxiety and stress and really meditate, exercise, spend time outdoors, do things that I really enjoy while using cannabis. And it has just helped me so much because I don't think there's a person out there that can say that at one point of having a good time, something, anything can really change that moment. And when you use cannabis, it really just helps you more evaluate the situation before acting and allowing something to take over your mood and ruin whatever it is that happens. Hey, shit happens. You're not always going to have a good day and that's totally cool, but at least cannabis is there to help you. So right now you're actually working, is it where are you? It's a plastics. I got so high off of that stone road, that sour bubble. I was like, oh God, I have to ask questions now. (laughs) So (laughs) you're working at a plastic surgery. Is it a surgeon's office? Yes. I work for a plastic surgeon. So you work for a plastic surgeon now. You work um, in an office where a lot is placed on the outer appearance, your physical appearance. And with cannabis, a lot of the times you're forced to look internally. I just wonder what your take is on that and how, what do you see coming through 
the office? Or is there not even a way to really generalize either? So I've worked for two different plastic surgeons now. One is strictly cosmetic, where he does breast augmentations, the typical cosmetic that somebody would come to see somebody like that for. Who I work for now, she's a breast reconstruction surgeon, so we see a lot of cancer patients. So we're changing their life. We're removing the cancer, we're reshaping, reforming their breasts, making them feel and be more of a woman again. Because going through breast cancer at many stages is debilitating. You know, I know so many young women who come through our office that have breast cancer and it's alarming, you know, especially because something like this can come from nowhere. So for me, you know, everybody always asks me to, and I never know how to answer this question because everybody is different. Okay, so we're going to move into the next segment, which is called the Rhea. So basically, it's going to be a series of rapid fire questions. And it's basically like your favorite cannabis related things. Okay, so we'll start with your favorite word for cannabis. Clip. Whoa. I think it's a very East Coast term. Nobody knows what clip means. What some people would call a roach. Not even I call a clip at least a little bit under halfway of something left, yeah. whether it's a joint, a blunt. Damn. Okay. Favorite stoner movie of all time? Hmm. That's difficult because I don't have, I know this sounds weird. I don't have a lot of favorite movies. There's, if somebody were to ask me what your favorite movie is, I have a very hard time picking one because I don't have one. You don't have any? I don't have any favorite movie. I like movies, but... (laughs) I know. It's like, do you enjoy it? Like, or is it just not your thing? (laughs) I guess my whole thing is like, when it comes to a movie, unless it's really good, I don't want to be committed to sitting there watching it for that long. And that has changed because I never used to be that way. But... An iconic stoner movie is Pineapple Express. Yeah. Iconic. Pineapple Express was, I think, the first like stoner movie that I went to high. At that point, like had a relationship had, with cannabis, had been smoking, and now was like privy to what was going on. Because before that, it was all just like a lot of speculation, you know? Right. So definitely iconic. Some of your favorite artists to listen to when you get high? I love R&B. It doesn't matter if I'm sober or high. I love R&B. And I'm not talking like old school R&B because that's great or whatever, but that's not for me. I love the new school R&B. I'm talking J. Cole. We got Bryson Tiller, Summer Walker, SZA. You know, I like like that lo-fi beat type of mood because it's very... That's music you need to listen to the lyrics. You're supposed to feel that music. It's supposed to make you think. I don't care about the other stuff. (laughs) And what better way to make you think than consuming cannabis? It's, yeah, it's so good. Wait, you were so 
cute you liked my cafe playlist on spotify you remember yes are you kidding me honestly there are some songs that i still listen to to this day that i'm just like you guys had the most fire playlist (laughs) i know anybody we worked with can attest to that the cafe had the playlist i don't those yelp reviews y'all can y'all need some taste in music okay (laughs) talking about writing bad reviews about our music Music playlist that is really? the least of your concerns like <laughs> if they if they wrote any bad reviews about the music it was when america was playing her playlist <laughs> she's gonna hate that <laughs> oh i just got karma i just hurt my elbow oh my god instant wow instant karma america yeah america damn <laughs> Yeah, fuck those people. No, she has great music. Uh, I I still add actually to that playlist to I this was day. Wondering why it was getting bigger. It's getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> it's never ending. It's always going to be something. If heaven exists, what strain would be on your top shelf? Oh, only one. Because if I had to, God would let me have top three. All right, I guess I'm a genius. (laughs) (laughs) I have been granted more wishes. You're the first person to ask for more. Top three, all time. I don't care who grows it, I'm smoking it. GMO, Banana OG. Oh, I remember. Sunset Sherbert. Ah, yes. Top three, all time fave. And I only smoke Indicas. And I'm not being... I mean, maybe call me bougie. That's fine. I am. But I'm not being bougie in saying that. Sativas do not give me the high that I would desire. So that's why I just know not to smoke it. There's even some hybrids I can't even smoke. Tell me about this. That we What did we smoke from Stone Road? So what we smoked from Stone Road was their Sour Bubbles hybrid. They describe it as bright and euphoric, which I would as well. I don't feel sedated, but I don't feel anxious. I love mercine in my cannabis. Mm -hmm. And um, I believe it's terpenoline that's also really great uh, for anxiety. Where was I going with this? Oh, no, that's it. I don't like a super cerebral high. Like I... I appreciate something that's euphoric and that might get me going, like energetic, but there's just certain strains that it's like you feel that high, like in the center of your brain. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, that's not for me. No, I I definitely don't prefer a head high whatsoever because it kind of feels like a strong headache, but it's yeah. like you're almost thinking about it too much. Like, is this a headache or am I really high right now? I prefer my body. Why not just have everything be very light, very, you know, almost pain-free in any way? I prefer the, much prefer the body high for sure. Fuck, Mary kill. Flower, edibles, concentrate. Kill edibles. I need at least 100 milligrams to feel anything, so that is a complete waste of my money. Although, shout out to Level. Your pro tabs are it. They have 100 milligram pro tabs, 1,000 milligrams per package. It's about $100. It'll run you, but you only need one edible. Worth it. Or you can split it in half if you're somebody that can do 50 milligrams. Mm -hmm. If you can't do that amount, please, viewer discretion advise, do not do that. (laughs) Do not think you can attack that because it's a high that lasts for at least eight hours. So, Um, So kill edibles. Um, 
sexy time with concentrate because I love dabbing, yeah. but I will marry flower till the day I die. I'll be buried carrying a nug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. That's so creepy. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was funny. Okay. So it's time for you to call your plug, which means you can plug anything that you're working on, any social media platforms that you would like to share with our listeners, give you a follow, check you out. So something that I've been keeping really quiet because I am still in the learning process and it's really important to me before starting any serious venture like this to be well-educated. So I am going to start growing and I have a brand. It's called Renew Genetics. And I'm going to start growing and just really start building my brand and forming my medical world with my cannabis world and, you know, really get this going. So I don't necessarily want a follow if you want to. That's cool because I'm the only one with the handle on Instagram. So it's awesome. Um, so you can find me really easily. There's no information on there because, again, I'm growing this process. So if you want to grow with me and see how it goes, that's cool. But just watch out for it. At Renew Genetics. <laughs> Amazing. I really appreciate you coming out. We shared a delicious meal. Again, both in sweatpants. I love this podcast. I love this medium. I love this vibe. <laughs> you are a great vibe. And what you are doing for the cannabis community is amazing. There's not enough people talking about bud tenders and like what we do and what we go through. And even just like casual talk about cannabis. Mm -hmm. It needs to be more of an open conversation. And that's what this is. So it's awesome. So shout out to you, girl. Oh my god thank you so much yeah they always talk about like we have to normalize the conversation around cannabis and i had never put much thought into it but i guess that's what normalized it in this case where there's so many wonderful educational cannabis podcasts out there people can come here and just kind of have fun and it could be a little bit more casual but you know hopefully people still take something from it i'm excited to see what you do next and how you merge these worlds working for the office that you do and working with breast cancer survivors there's that seamless bond for some i'm sure that are coming through that are cannabis consumers and that have used this product or that have used this plant throughout treatment and and recovery and I'm excited to see more studies like you are honestly like yeah I want to see the correlations and how we can make medicine better using plant medicine. So that's dope. I also had no fucking idea how involved you were in the medical community until tonight. <laughs> I'm kind of that person, like, if you don't ask, I don't really tell. My social media world, that's, like, only a piece of me, you mm. know? The real me is I, I go to school full-time. I'm a medical assistant for a plastic surgeon. I'm deep into cannabis and the community. It's, you know, it's the private glow ups that really are important. So, you yes. know, you got to do the hard work. I'll show off later. It's cool. <laughs> I love that we're ending with that. The at home glow ups. Yep. Yes. Thank yep. you so much. Yes. This was fun as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's the show. Thank you for listening to another episode of That Bud Tender Podcast. 
follow me at the stone journalist follow the show at that buttender podcast like share subscribe and keep getting high my babies